0: Good morning, happy Sabbath. Good morning, happy Sabbath. Beautiful, beautiful rendition. Amen. We got a princess rendition of a beautiful song, Amen. beautiful voice, Amen. and what better place Amen. to sing a beautiful song than in the house of the Lord? Amen. Thank you very much, princess. You know. Um, Good morning, church. Happy Sabbath. Good morning. Happy Sabbath, You know, I I was given the message weeks ago. And I've been doing it in my head for weeks now. But for some reason this morning, it seems like I want to forget it. But the Lord is with us. And... He has given me a message, it's not my message, it's from the Lord. I'm just but a humble servant. You know, I'm growing up, I used to watch a lot of um, award shows. You know, because I thought that I was going to be the biggest thing. You know, every time I see a podium, it was supposed to be a, a Thanksgiving speech. For some award, but the Lord had different plans for me. So I stand here humble in His service. I would like to thank our pastor, Pastor Sean, for giving me this opportunity today. When he accepted, Sister Sarah, I freed myself of everything because I had the message before Pastor was accepted. Because I was supposed to have spoken last Sabbath. So when Pastor accept, I went to the elders, the head elders, and the other elders, and I said, "I'm out. I'm out. I'm free." And head elder and brother Williams will not let me off. They say, hold it, brother, hold it. We don't know pastor's plans yet. So make sure you have that sermon ready. You know, those are not the words I wanted to hear. But to God be the glory. I stand here this morning. I want to welcome each and every one of us here this morning. You know, um, to be here. And to be, li- to be alive is a gift, it's a privilege. I've been to two funerals this week. And Life Spear, with blessing of the Lord, I will be online watching a funeral service in Jamaica tomorrow. You know, a young man, very good friend of mine, we went to school together. We played ball together. We hung out together. We laughed together. We had a great time together. And he will be buried tomorrow. So, just the fact that we are here, regardless of the situations that may be hampering us, just to be alive is a blessing beyond measures. Amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, O oh God. We come into your holy sanctuary today. Father, we come in need of. We're in need of you, O Lord, because we can do nothing by ourselves. But you promise us that if we seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, then all good things will be added unto us. Lord, We are not good. We are not good. Even our best, we are filthy rags. But your blood, your blood has done it for us. Thank you, dear Lord. Father, deliver your message through me today. Let it not be me, but let it be all about you. Let your Holy Spirit be in this place today, dear Lord. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen. The sermon today is entitled The Two Sauls. The Two Sauls. Friends are foe. And this morning we are going to use our Bible. We're going to use our Bible this morning. Or if you have your phone... Can use the phone, but the destructions are there on the phone. So if you can fight off the destruction, it's all good. But if not, it's always good to have the sword, you know. A soldier doesn't go to war without proper ammunitions, you know, without the proper weapons. Turn your Bibles with me this morning, please, to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 14. We will start at verse 47. So, 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 47 and 48. So Saul established his sovereignty over Israel and fought all his enemies on every side against Moab, against the people of Ammon, against Edom, against the king of Zobah, against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he harassed them. So here we have Saul, the son of Kish. He was not yet anointed king of Israel. However, as an Israelite, he took it on himself He would recruit young men to fight against the enemies of Israel. This man was ready at any cost to ward off the enemy. Verse 48. And he gathered an army and attacked the Amalekites and delivered Israel from the hand of those whom plundered him. The Lord was with Saul. And the Lord was using Saul to do the work. We know the promised land of Canaan. And we know the children of Israel settled there, but it was not an easy settlement. Because when they settled there, the enemy of God, the enemies were still surrounding them. Come with me to to chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. You see... When we are working for the Lord earnestly, we will get surprises. Some we will be ready for, some we'll probably not be ready for. But here, Saul got the surprise of a lifetime. You know, when I read this, you know, I was wondering what what would happen if one morning I heard a knock on my door. And when I go to open the door, the media is out there, you know, and some important people are out there, and they would tell me that, hey, you are now the CEO of whatever, some big corporation. Matter of fact, I put it, they told me that I was the president of the United States of America. Because here, after all that Saul was doing for the Lord, he was rewarded. Chapter 15 in verse 1. Samuel said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore heed the word of the Lord. So from being a soldier to being king. Saul was picked by God, handpicked by God. God didn't want his people to have a king. But his people requested a king. And the loving God gave them a king. Saul did not ask to be king. But God can use every last one of us here this morning to do great works. To do great work. God anointed him through the prophet Samuel and right away God sent him into service. We come into the church and we have to be in the church 10, 15, 20 years before we start working. The minute we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior, the mission has begun. Because here in verse 2, thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. You see, God had promised his people that they would have inherited the land. But here, Amalek, seeing Jacob and his family returning from Egypt, decided, no, 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 no. And he laid an ambush. God's people will be ambushed. The minute we take on the armor of Jesus Christ, we will be ambushed. The enemy of God is waiting to ambush us. You see, the enemy is a coward. Like command commanding chief, Satan, they will never attack you from the face. Cowards lay wait for you. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spear them. Do not spear them. But kill both man and woman. Infant and nursing child, axe and sheep, camel and donkey. You see, there comes a time when the loving God have to take action. And we may ask, but if God is love, why is God doing this? God is love. God is love. But God is a judge. God is a judge. The loving God is a judge. And when you mess with God's people, God will defend his people at some point or another. So don't be afraid of what the enemy will bring your way. Sometimes we have to suffer. And sometimes we might ask, Where is God? But you know where God is when we're going through the crucible? He's right where he was when his son was being nailed on the cross. Where was God when his son was nailed on the cross? He was right there at the cross. So it doesn't matter what we are going through, always stay focused on the Lord. God will fight the battle for us. There was a time in my life when I was at my wit end. And I seek a job with my uncle out of town. And I'm not the kind of person who likes to be away from home. But I had things that I wanted to do when I needed money. So I seek employment from my uncle. He had a huge grocery store and I went there and I worked and I worked and I worked. But there was something in my mind that every Saturday morning I knew it was the Sabbath. And I would always pray and I say, Lord, if you take me out of here, I will keep your Sabbath. And I was there for years, for years, and I hated it more and more. Every day was supposed to have been my last day. And one day, this young man, he was the so-called bad boy of the area. And one day, he had allowed the devil to use him, and he kicked me. He kicked me from the back. He just kicked me. I I did nothing to this young man. When I heard of who he was, if he was on the left, I am to the far, far, far right. Why did he kick me? I have no idea. We'll come back. So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telam, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, go down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them, for you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came out of Israel, out of Egypt. So the Kenites depart from among the Amalekites. You see, when the war begins, and if we're in that city, And if we are God's people, God will find a way to take us out. The Kenites showed compassion to Jacob and his family. And now there will be war, and compassion was being shown to them. And Saul attacked the Amalekites, from Hevla all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people speared Agag and the best of the sheep and the oxen and the fatlings and the lamb and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised the worthless that they utterly destroyed. See, God told them to destroy everybody and everything. But Saul decided this was good. Brothers and sisters, not everything is good in God's eye. Not everything that we take into the church to say, oh, this will build the church of God is good. We cannot compromise for the church to grow. We have to be careful what we bring into the house of God. Only God can grow His church. We cannot take outsiders into God's church to build God's church. But if we follow the principles of Jesus Christ, God's church will grow. The only person that needs to be is you. Myself. I can do what I need to do like I do for my wife and my son. But after everything is said and done, it's a personal commitment that will bring my wife and my son to heaven. You know, sometimes I'm out there on the road and some people bad drive me and it irritates me. And it's the little man in the back seat said, "Daddy, that's not Christian-like." <laughs> and he gives me something to think about. Yes, he gives me something to think about. Daddy, that's not Christian-like." He once complained that he was being bullied, and I said, "Listen, I'm sick and I'm tired of all of this. Why are we paying all of this money for karate? He said, Daddy, that's not what karate is for. That's not what karate is for. And he went through what he went through without throwing a blow. At his age, um, I was a different person. <laughs> now, the Lord came to Samuel, saying, Now, remember, God, God, picked Saul to be king. God anointed Saul to be king. God sent Saul on a mission. Like the Thomas family will be going on a mission. We have a mission every day. In our homes, in our workplaces, wherever we go, we're on a mission Every single day. Every day. But here, God is having a regret. Imagine, God have a regret. He had a regret that he made man. And here God is having a regret again. Of the king who he had chosen. 11. I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieves Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. Verse 12. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel saying, Saul went to to Carmel and indeed set up a monument for himself and he was gone and around, passed by and gone down to Gilgad. Brothers and sisters, you see how easy it is to fall into idolatry? One Simple disobedience. God gave the man all the power. God gave him one command. You see how one little disobedience can change our lives forever? I try to preach that to my son every day. Every day. One simple mistake. Can change your life forever. One simple little mistake God regret making Saul king. Will God regret what he has done for us? Will God regret that education that he had allowed us to attain? Will God regret that nice house and that fancy life that we are able to live? Anything that takes God's love, God's take, that takes God's people away from him, God will regret it. Because there is nothing that God loves more than his children, more than his people. And if we allow the blessing to become a curse, then it makes no sense. Whatever that we had gotten was not worth it. Because here, Saul was about to lose everything. Verse 14. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of sheep in my ears and the lowing of oxen which I hear? And Saul say They have brought, they have they, not him now. The commanding chief is now playing blame game. Because every time we do something wrong, it's never our fault. It's never our fault. Adam said the woman that you gave me. Eve said the serpent. There's always the blame game whenever we are wrong. What is this bleating? Saul took the good things because he thought it was good for God when God gave him a command. Pastor Sean never let God have to ask you what is this bleeding in my church? Stand on the word and the word only. Isaiah 8 and verse 20 tells us according to the help me now According to the law and the testimony, if they speak not according, it's because there is no light in them. We are living in a time where everything has been fabricated, everything has been microwaved. It's dangerous. We are living in a dangerous time. Not because it looks good doesn't mean that it's good. Not because the fancy pastor wants to have a mega church. Then he's going to start cutting corners. Yes, I know the Lord said this, but if I do this, then I can bring in more people and the church will grow. That's not God is not into numbers. Great is the road that leads to destruction and many find it many yet few will be on that winding road towards eternity Saul gave away his blessing and Saul didn't just give away his blessing Saul start the blame game why did you do this oh the people the people You are the commanding chief. Stand up. You are the father in the home. Stand up. If the father isn't there, you are the mother of the home. Stand up. When you are given that position at the job to be in leadership, stand up. We spend so much time want to be liked. We want to be liked. We want to see how much like we can get. How popular we can become. Being liked isn't going to get us where we need to go. You know, one time when I was in high school and I went to a a Seventh-day Adventist high school, and my friends and I were having a reason. And I was saying to my friends, I don't understand why everybody don't like me. And a pastor was passing by and he didn't even stop. He just keep on walking and he say, young man, if everybody like you, you have a problem. He said, if everybody like you, you have a problem. Saul spend his entire life after this moment in misery. Whenever the Spirit of God leave us, he's not coming back. It's better for friends and family and wealth and everything to leave us and we still have the Holy Spirit that's all we need in this world. That's all we need in this time. This is our passport to the new world. Not the new world order, but to the new world that is not created by hands of men, but by God himself. Brothers and sisters, that young man kicked me. And it didn't go down well with me. You see, I was where I was. Like I say, I was trying to make me some money. There are other things that I could have done to make the same money. The life around me was fast. But I chose the right way. I chose the right way. You see, the souls are scattered everywhere God people are. I went to my uncle, and I relate what had happened. And I asked, I begged my uncle, I say, please talk to him for me. Tell him to leave me alone. I didn't do him anything, and I don't want any trouble. And day after day after day after day after days, the weeks into months, and months travels into years. And this young man he would harass me, he would harass me, he would harass me. This young man had no idea of what I can do to him. This young man have no idea that I can will that I could unleash hell on him. But I took the abuse, I took the abuse, I took the abuse, I took the abuse. You see, after Saul found himself on the other side of God, he became a persecutor. We know the story of Saul and David and Goliath. David did Israel what Saul should have done. But because the Spirit of God was not with Saul anymore, a 17-year-old who had everything anchored in God could have killed the giant. The people sung, Saul killed them in their thousand, David killed them in their 10,000. And the wrath of Saul was poured out against David. You see, when we are walking in the light of God, the enemy's wrath will be poured out against us. David spent his entire life until the day Saul died running from Saul. Brothers and sisters, the same Saul that had David running is in this world today. And they will keep God's people running. The Sauls of the world will never ever give God's people a break. So, if we are living good, if we are, if we are on that smooth road, then we need to start doing some self check. The saws of the world are not coming at us, then we need to start doing some self check. That means we are not important to the devil. We are not important to the enemy. Because if we are where the enemy wants us to be, then he doesn't have to come at us. But when he doesn't have us in the grip, then that's when we are his enemies. You will turn your Bible with me to chapter 19, 1 Samuel chapter 19. And I'm going somewhere, brothers and sisters. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with this. Verse 1. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delight greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seek to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak with my father about you. Then, what I observe, I will tell you. You see, as Christians, we know the plans that the devil have for the world. We know what the devil wants to do to the world, but yet, we're keeping it a secret. We are not out there on the mission field informing the world what the devil has in store for them. See, Jonathan was a friend. Jonathan was supposed to, anything happened to Saul, Jonathan was supposed to be the next king. But this man wasn't about a kingdom. This man was about his friend. He loved his friend more than he loved a kingdom. We have friends and families who are on the wrong path. What are we doing to help them to come to the Lord? Are we living the secret life? Matter of fact, can we actually go to our friends and families and make mention of God to them? Without they setting us on fire. If we are not right, we can't go to nobody because they will send us running. But here, Jonathan did not want anything to happen to his friend, so he was. Listen, this right here. We know Eric Snow, right? That's his name, Eric Snow. Nobody knows where Eric is right now, right? No. Eric cannot allow the American government to find him. Because he sold information to the enemy. It's the same thing Jonathan was about to do here. Sell information to the enemy of Saul. Are we willing to sell information to save our brothers and sisters, even if we have to be prosecuted? The gospel, you know, I like to watch um, Mission 360 and some places that I've seen the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was amazed. How did the gospel get there? Men like you and I took it there. Communist countries. I see Adventist church and schools being erected in these places. Because someone was not afraid to take the everlasting gospel beyond the borders yet we are afraid to tell our roommates that we are christians jonathan had a love for him friend for his friends do we have a love for our friends and our families verse 11 Saul also sent a message to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed. Brothers and sisters, the enemy knows where we all live. Let's not fool ourselves. The enemy know where to find us when he's ready to find us. Even when we move out to our country living, the enemy will know where to find us. You know why? Right inside the church. The same friend in the church will be the same foe. So, when I go and hide way in where you I'm not safe. The only time we are safe and it doesn't matter where we are. Is when we are in the Lord. Amen. That's the only safe haven on this earth. When we are safe in the Lord. We know how our life ended. We know how our life ended. You see, the man who was once a man of God allowed the devil to take him over totally. The man moved from having the Holy Spirit guiding him to seeking help. From demonic spirits. Look at that. From having the spirit of God to having spirits of demons. We know the story. He, God had told him to kill all the sorcerers, all the witches, all of them. He was supposed to eliminate all of them. When he went to the witch of Endor, the woman know him. Just like the world will know us to be worthless. Because Saul was now worthless. He didn't have any more value. The witch asked him, are you here to kill me? But he wasn't there to kill her. He was there to seek help from the witch. Call Samuel, he said. And Satan was just right there waiting for him. Give him what you want. Samuel told him, tomorrow this time you'll be dead. Saul had a choice. Saul had a chance. Like we all have a chance. Like we all have a choice. How will we make that choice? Remember, I said it was two Saul's. Turn with me to the New Testament Saul. And we're going to turn to Acts chapter 7. And we're people of the word. We We know this sermon that Deacon Stephen, the man of God, The deacon. So, for the deacons who think that, oh, it's just about to come to church Sabbath morning and collect offering. Oh. The deacon was preaching full of the Holy Spirit. But the church, the church in Jerusalem was offended. You see, when you're living in your own way and not living in the way of God, when the word of God is not in you and Pastor Harris comes and preaches, thus says the Lord, you will be offended. You're going to find everything to make a problem. I remember when I had my long cornrow and I went to my diamonds in my ears and I went to visit church one day and I put my hundred dollar in the collection plate and the pastor was talking about men with earring and brain. I thought he was talking about me. Pastor had his sermon prepared long before he knew I was coming to church. But because I was not in according to God, I took offense. Why is he talking about me? He wasn't talking about me. He was talking about men who have picking up a lifestyle wearing earrings and braided here. So while Stephen preached Jesus Christ the resurrected, the church leaders were offended. 7 verse 58. told you we go somewhere. And they cast Stephen. They cast Stephen here now. The hymn there is Stephen. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. See, God's people are being prosecuted again. And again, there is a Saul. Brothers and sisters, Sauls are prosecutors. The Sauls of the world are coming for God's people. We like to talk about what the papacy will do and what the Roman Catholics will do and all of that. We need to start thinking about what our own people are going to do. The closest person to you is your friend and your family. Not the person who you think is your enemy. Because others I have that are not of this flock that will hear my voice and come. A lot of the people who we have in different denominations, who we are having off to be whatever, they're going to come. The word of God will never go back to him empty. He said they will come. Travel with me. We're going to close very soon. So we see Saul here. And Saul had the garments of those who stoned Deacon Stephen to death. This made Saul an accomplice. If this had happened in the United States and Saul got Johnny Cochran to represent him in court, Johnny Cochran could have come up with all kind of things. Oh, he was pressured into holding their clothes. Oh, he was just a bystander. Oh, he was just a this, he was just a that. And if you're not be careful, Johnny Cochran would have deceived the juror. And Saul could have walked away free. But God have a work for even the Saul's. So if I'm a Saul today, God can still use me. If you are a Saul today, God can still use you. Travel with me. Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Verse 1 to a verses 1 to 8. Then Saul, now remember, Stephen was now dead. Saul is trying. Saul and the church The commandment, keep in church in Jerusalem. Don't forget that. The commandment, keep in church in Jerusalem. We're on a mission. And what was the mission? To eliminate the name of Jesus Christ. Don't don't call his name around here. You can preach in any other name. But not the name of Jesus Christ. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. He went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus so so that if he found any who were in the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Brothers and sisters, from Jerusalem to Damascus, today we know it as Syria. Even when you're driving Brother Stewart's fast Porsche, it's still going to take you over four hours. This man on horseback, not the horsepowers that Brother Stewart have under the hood, But on horseback was ready to take the terrain to go find God's people. We as Seventh-day Adventists there's a bounty on every true commandment keeper. Every true commandment keeper. There's a bounty on our heads. Saul Had letter to go and persecute even in another country. This was not, he wasn't, I mean, he was now stretching the persecution beyond the borders of Jerusalem. He was taking it to someone else's country. Well, you know, God have a way. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone. Around him from where? From heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gourd. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city. You will be told what you must do. Brothers and sisters, God have a work for the Saul's. So if I am still a Saul. God can still use me. If you are still Saul's, God can still use you. It's not how you start the race, you're going to finish. You might get a good start, but you're going to put a bad finish. You might get a bad start, but you might finish good. Shelly and Fraser. The second fastest woman in the world, when she broke the world record, she's only five feet. And she's running against competitors six feet and over. Shelly says she always has to get a good start for her to get a great world record finish. She says she keeps her head down until about 25 meters in the race she starts coming up. We have to know how to go under the enemy's radar. Elaine Thompson, Heron, my wife's cousin. Yes, she's my wife's cousin. The fastest woman in the world now. She always have a bad start. But she always end up with a world record finish. It's the finish that is going to be most important. Because look what happened to Paul. Look what happened to Saul rather. 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 to 8. And this is, this is, this is Paul speaking now. Because he is no longer Saul, the, perse- the persecutor. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the fate. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Brothers and sisters, we can start out as Saul. But let us finish as Paul. To God be the glory. Thank you.
1: Let us pray. Our Father and our God. We're just so thankful for Jesus. You're blessed, your people, with his sacrifice for our sins. And today, we're so grateful to know that it was because of Jesus why we can have this relationship with you reconciled with the God of heaven through the blood of the Lamb it's because of Jesus why we're able Father to to have access to the amazing power of the Holy Spirit and it's because of Jesus why we have this guarantee of a life eternal and so Father thank you so much for the word today May we continue to focus on you. And as we go through the week, we ask, Lord, for your spirit, your presence, your power, your protection, your provisions to be lavished upon your people. Now and forevermore, we pray in the name of Jesus at the Church of the Living God, say, Amen. Amen and Amen.